everyone, and welcome back to the Watch and Learn podcast. My name is Sterling Sewell. Ezra, how are we doing today? Doing well. Um, this week we watched Ivan's Childhood and Top Gun, uh, the original, and uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Ivan's Childhood. Uh, Ivan's Childhood is a 1962 Soviet war drama directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky is one of the foremost Soviet filmmakers of the era. Um, it's based on a 1957 short story called Ivan. Um, it comes out of sort of a school of uh, war films from the era, like the, the Cranes Are Flying and Battle of the Soldier, other Soviet films that kind of like do a lot to de-glorify war, um, kind of a realistic showing. Um, so uh, the original uh, screenplay for the film was uh, very optimistic, um, and it painted like our main character Ivan as kind of a hero. But the original writer of the short story had them change it in the end to fit this kind of bleak narrative coming out of the time. Uh, the story itself follows uh, Ivan, whose parents are killed by German soldiers during World War II, and it follows his escapades working with Soviet soldiers on one side of the river while German soldiers are on the other side of the river and uh, kind of follows him as he spies on German soldiers and swims across the river and has conflict with his uh, older, like, f- like uncle and father figure characters who treat him like a child, uh, even though he has, you know, gone through a lot. Um, the movie received, like, a lot of praise upon its release, both from, like, public audiences, but also from, like, uh, intellectuals. Uh, Ingmar Bergman, one of the foremost Scandinavian directors, said the film was a miracle. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre wrote an essay on the film. Um, one of the best war films ever made, and certainly one of the best to come out of uh, the Soviet Union. Um, and now Ezra's going to talk to you a little bit about Top Gun. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Top Gun. Top Gun came out in 1986. It was a huge commercial hit. It almost $400 million initially. It obviously has been redone just recently. Um, it's The new Top Gun is actually nominated for Best Picture. Even though it was incredibly commercially successful, it was uh, widely... It got, I got a lot of mixed reviews from critics. Um, it is known for having being very technically impressive though with how they shot the the shots of all the fighter pilots flying in the sky and made those scenes work and all that um it stars tom cruise obviously and val kilmer val kilmer um and i'll tell you a little bit about the plot so tom cruise is this guy maverick and he and he's a fighter pilot and his co-pilot is this guy goose and Maverick and Goose are sort of these best friends who fly together in the Navy. And Maverick is incredibly risky and gets a lot of criticism from his higher-ups for that. But they do get invited to go to this Top Gun, you know, this Top Gun program for all the best fighter pilots in the world, or in America. Um, and at Top Gun, which is just a training site there's no war happening it's just a place for pilots to get better and to name like the best pilots in the country and during a drill there is a malfunction and maverick's plane goes down and goose ends up dying and this really throws maverick for a loop and he's sort of 
stuck. He doesn't know what to do. He can't really fly like he used to, but at the end he gets motivated again and is able to win the respect of his peers and fly again for in Goose's honor. It's a pretty traditional structure. It's not, it's, it's, it can be kind of predictable. Um, and yeah, I think from that, we'll just get right into the analysis. Okay, so we're back and we're going to jump into the analysis of these two movies. Before we do that, I will talk a little bit about why we chose these two. So, Ivan Childhood and Top Gun provide completely different outlooks on war and what war means to society and culture, and completely different ways of interpreting war in art and media. And then that's just what we sort of want to get out, get into is evaluating these two different things and the impacts we think they both could have and the merits and demerits of each. And so, yeah, well, let's get into that. So let's talk about uh, Top Gun first um, from a story perspective, I guess. Um, Top Gun's following these two guys, right? And it's very romanticized. It's got a lot of kind of American tropes like... There's got to be a romance, and there's got to be the ability to fly. Weapons have to be sexy, basically. There's a lot of stuff like that. It's like, Tom Cruise has to be absolutely gorgeous, he has to get an absolutely gorgeous girl, and he has to fly weapons, which is impressive. Yeah, Yeah. it's like very uh, romanticized um, in seven different ways. You know, like, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of corny in the end. Uh, it's, it's, it's also uniquely almost uh, sociopathic in a way. It's devoid of all emotion in a really strange way. Um, so Tom Cruise's character has his best friend, Goose, who is like his co-pilot and all this. And they have this really special relationship. And there are moments in the movie where they have like a very deep, like, there are deep moments in the movie where you're like, okay, this is a pretty emotional scene. Like, for example, Tom Cruise, who's lost both of his parents, tells Goose, um, like, you're all the you're the family, you're, like, all I have in my life. Because Goose is mad at him, because Tom Cruise is such an erratic flyer, or whatever, and Goose is like, hey, you need to, like, be more safe so we don't, like, lose our jobs and stuff. And Tom Cruise is like, yeah, I got you, like, you're all I have. And that's sort of a deep moment. And then Goose dies and a fighter pilot pilot accident and then the whole story just kind of abandons him and also a big part of his character is the fact that he has a family and has a kids and he has a wife and that's like a major part of the story and then after goose dies none of that is mentioned and it's just kind of tom cruise sulking and not being able to fly his plane the same and i'm just like this is not a this is not really a genuine reaction to to trauma which I think is a big issue in a lot of American Hollywood movies is traumatic events elicit very weird responses that just kind of go back to, oh, look how badass the military is. We're going to, like, fight through it, and we're going to, like, 
shoot it. We're going to like get in the air again. It's, and it kind of misses the emotional side of it that it could actually be powerful. It's so stoic to the point that it's like almost sociopathic. I think it's interesting where Ivan's childhood focuses on kind of like the victims of war. Like you see the old man in the house who's lost everything. He's lost his fucking mind. Um, and you've seen Ivan who's lost his parents and he's like tormented by it. But like Goose, who's it's a training exercise, but he's still lost as like a casualty of war, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. casualty of the U.S. military. Um, you don't focus on like that aspect of it. You People don't focus kind of on like on, yeah. him, his trauma or his family's trauma. They focus on what is Tom Cruise going to do to get back to being so badass? Yeah, um, <laughs> which is funny because like Tom Cruise isn't like a necessarily bad actor like he's been directed by Stanley Kubrick and he's a very yeah we'll yeah. say that Tom Cruise is a great actor yeah for, that's that's fair I guess but this is not a good anyway. this is, this is yeah. and the other thing that's weird about it to me too and it's sort of a unintentionally very funny and kind of witty um, commentary on America that here's all these badass fighter pilots and they're all just basically in a training exercise and this guy just dies and his family just this family just loses like their father and husband and then people are like gotta get back up in the air gotta shoot these things down again and I'm like are we not talking we're not talking about even a real war we're talking about a training exercise why yeah, why is it not dangerous? supposed to happen um. <laughs> and anyway in comparison to Ivan's childhood Ivan's childhood's incredibly intentional in the way that violence and war Affects and, and loss, you know, grief affects the characters in the story in a way that top, top Gun is devoid of. Well, and I think, funnily enough, I think Ivan and Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, have a lot of similarities. Both of them are parents, both of them are kind of like quote unquote Mavericks. Like, Ivan wants to go do shit all the time that his superiors are like, no, stop it. And Maverick is, like, taking way too many risks all the time. But they're, like, their motivations behind those two things are, like, completely different. Maverick wants fame and glory and, you know... I guess to avenge his father, which was not really a storyline that was... That's that's not emphasized until, like, the third act. And if you're following Billy Wilder's thing, if you don't set it up in your first act, your third act's going to suck. The third act of Top Gun... Sucks. Sucks. Um, yeah. And but but like Ivan's motivation for like being kind of a maverick is he's got a death wish. He does not. He he will not fit in in normal society. That's why he doesn't want to go back to military school. He already kind of doesn't fit in in this society. He's got a death wish. He just wants to go do these things because he can because he wants to avenge his parents, but also because like he's asking for it kind of thing. Like. He's he's deeply screwed over. He's like yeah. He's been deeply screwed over by the war, and we have another similarity where Tom Cruise has also been screwed over by the war. His only family, his dad died in the war, and his best friend Goose died in the war. But instead of having this, instead of being traumatized, really, he's sort of sulks around, and then shoots down some planes, and then the movie ends. And I'm like. Where's the lesson that? Where's the character growth? The the lesson. I guess there, he learns personal responsibility, kind of, but he's still brave. At, he's still maverick at the end. I don't think. You see, Ezra, you're missing the point. The point of the movie 
is join the Navy. In big capital letters, join the Navy. Please do it. We need recruits. Join the Navy. That's all. That's all that movie is. Yeah. And another thing Tom, or not Tom, uh, Top Gun is widely cited for is sort of starting this military entertainment complex that exists in America, which are these movies um, that are... They're not funded by the military, but all of the equipment... The military allows use of its equipment for the movie so that it can be accurate, but really it means so that I can make the military look badass and cool and stuff. And that's had a big effect on how war is, is, is uh, portrayed in American film. For example, like Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. which is a movie about uh, like torturing people. Um, uh, like how the military would, would would kidnap people and torture them for information like during the war in Iraq and stuff. And it was very heavily influenced by the war. Catherine Bigelow was with the Pentagon all the time, developing it, and I think that Top Guns has had an outside effect in creating that, and uh, it's seen in how the movie's made. It's, it's incredibly pro-military. Yeah, and I mean, it, I think it's funny. They never say... Like, there, there's villains in the story that are, like, clearly Russian. Like, clearly Soviet, clearly Russian. And it's like, they never say, like, who is flying the planes, but they're flying MiGs, which are Russian planes. And they're, like, obscured by, like, super dark visors the whole time. And they, it's so cartoonishly, like, they could have just given them black mustaches and had them twirl them. And it would have, like, it's so cartoonishly evil and it's like okay I guess whereas like this doesn't happen so much in Ivan's childhood I think it's pretty clear World War Two. the Nazis were not good um, but like there are other war films like Apocalypse Now where like there's a lot of effort made to like humanize the people who the Americans are shooting at right um, yeah in, in comparison to Ivan's childhood Ivan's childhood um, is is very um, it's it's a lot slower than Top Gun, but it's still a short movie. It's actually shorter than Top Gun by quite a quite a bit. Um, and and the, I guess we should talk about the endings a little bit. You want to talk about the ending of Ivan's childhood? Well, so the ending is Ivan's childhood. They go on this mission across the river. Ivan goes missing, um, and uh, and then we get a flash forward to the sacking of Berlin by Soviet troops. They're going through some records in what looks to be like a prison, and uh, they find a thing that says that Ivan was hung and killed, uh, following some sort of whatever. Yeah. And I think where what. Ivan's childhood is brutalistic almost to a point where you're like, I get it, you know, like I get this is like what war is really like. But I think that if every movie was as fatalistic as Ivan's childhood, we'd have a a very deeply depressing film industry for sure. That's true. I do think, here's the thing. There's another way that you could look at both of these movies. And... Top Gun does a lot of lot to like. There's not a lot of graphic violence in Top Gun, but there's like people shooting at each other, which 
doesn't really happen in Ivan's childhood all that much. Ivan's childhood is like a, a somber movie with most. Yes. Oh, and one quick talking. thought on not a lot of shooting in Ivan's childhood. Ivan's childhood. Ivan's childhood also portrays sort of the the banality of war. How a lot of war is just kind of like sitting around and like thinking and like considering all this like terrible stuff that's happening around you. Top Gun is just like the constant flying around, shooting, blowing shit up part of war, which which isn't really as realistic. As well, as yeah, as Top Gun is like watching film reels of cocaine, uh, whereas like that's what I that's what I like. I think that's what that's a good comparison to like most action movies. It's just like sensation. It's like. Top Gun has fantastic sound design, right? Um, and fantastic visuals, like that kind of thing. And it's for in service of making a fun-to-watch action movie. Whereas Ivan's Childhood is down-to-earth, its production design is way smaller, and it's like, like you said, it's the banality. It's like most of war is just sitting around wondering when they're going to start shooting at me. Um, or at least that's my understanding. And uh, Ivan's childhood does a good job of showing that there's no no one. I might be wrong, but I, as I recall, no one gets like shot on camera in the movie. There's one instance where somebody does get shot, but you don't know that he's dead until later, right? Um, like there's a little shootout incident, but you don't think anyone's shot. And then you find out later that this one character died. Instead of, like, they lie to Ivan and say that he left, but in reality he's just dead. Um, so the movie does a lot of lot to, like, not glorify that, I think. It's not like we're killing the enemy and it's amazing. It's like people disappear. And right. it's sad when they do. Right. Um, yeah, and... Um, I think it's interesting, too, to consider, like, the, the female characters in both these movies and how they're portrayed in both. You want to talk just a little bit about, like, what your thoughts were on the love interest in, in Top Gun. And I say that just because that's sort of her utility in the story. It's it's kind of... Well, that's really, that's really all she is. She's just there... I mean, I guess it's admirable to some extent that she's there to, like, kick Tom Cruise's character back into action, but it's also, like... There's this really famous painting of, like, uh, like Manifest Destiny of this woman walking across the plains, like, leading Americans. And I think she acts very much as that character, as it's, like, she's a representation of, like, the American, like, society, and that it's, like, alluring and whatnot. But it's also, like, she's going to kick you in the pants until you go kill some Russians, Right. She's going to get you back in action to go kill some folks. Um, she's also mostly just there as a romantic interest for Maverick, um, which is boring. It's not what the good development uh, from a writing perspective. But I think it's interesting to compare like her to the female character in Ivan's childhood. Um, the, like, n- the nurse in Ivan's childhood is like sought after by two different soldiers and she's like doesn't want either of them because like from a symbolic standpoint it's kind of like you're both killers why would I want to be with either of you 
you're both kind of fiendish. You're also like, like she's very much a representation of like, I don't know, purity, I guess. That's a weird thing to say. But like, she is. She's like, no, I'm here to help. I'm not here to like, do. Like, she's not there just to satisfy the soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's, she's more of a character, like, despite the fact that she has much less dialogue than the character in Top Gun, she's much more of a character. Which yeah. is really, really funny. And I guess proves Top Gun's writing and is bad. Top Gun has no subtext, so it's completely expository, where it's like all the information you're getting is from the characters speaking to each other. Um, um, Tarkovsky lets all, all, uses the scenery and the production and the shots do a lot of the talking and I think this female character is a fantastic example of that because the first basically her first introduction to the story is she's in the forest with this one soldier and they basically she kind of um, they're kind of like almost like dancing with each other I guess you could say they're going back and forth and it takes a while and they end up kissing but um, there are very few words said, but it says a lot about the story, and, and I think that's it's the difference in filmmaking style. Yeah, and I mean that that is a super striking scene too. There's the trees are just flying straight up, you yeah. can't see the tops. Really beautiful, but and it's like kind of this serene land. That's why I kind of say that she's like a representation of purity because there's there's no shells going off. It's not like the bunker that they're in for half the movie. It's not like by the river with bombs exploding all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's this kind of elegant moment. It's yeah, it's this and really time of war, um, which I guess is like maybe a representation of like what they're fighting for, like a return to or what home, they're missing, yeah. or what they're missing. Yeah. Uh, whereas Top Gun, the female character is. Like I said, I think just a vehicle for like imperialist messaging. <laughs> yeah. Um, like really. Um, and and I think I think you could say it's empowering that she's sort of the boss in Top Gun. But on the other hand, it makes her more of like uh, like an allure to the male gaze because she's just sort of like oh like no one thinks they can get her. But Tom Cruise is a maverick and she likes that he's kind of like a bad you know guy and that he like. Um, breaks all the rules and stuff and it sort of just falls right back into the normal Hollywood tropes and yeah, it's of, every, it doesn't really strike any new crowd. every American 80s rom-com trope shoved into a war film because it's weird The du- I mean I guess there's some respect there because like the duality of war is like very often war is started by like I mean you can think of like the Iliad like it's all based on a conflict around of like a woman, and right. it leads to a war, and like that can go around in circles a lot, kind of thing. So I guess it it makes sense, kind of from a thematic standpoint, but also like uh, I just I can't with that character. Yeah, she shows up just to be kind of not like an antagonist but like someone to chide Maverick into being more pro war and it's like <laughs> yeah. lovely okay yeah um, okay so let's talk a little about the production design I am going to go on a limb and this is a unpopular statement about Top Gun I actually found the scenes within the air and the fighter planes really poorly edited I think they're well shot I will say that the, the shots are good but 
they're edited in a way where you can't, at least for me, I couldn't really understand what was happening. And I was actually watching it with my roommate and he was also, and he's a, he's an, he, he's an editor. Um, and he was also very confused about the editing style. Um, but that is something that people really appreciate about Top Gun. Though the sound design for Top Gun is is revolutionary in, in that sense, for sure. Um, yeah, I think Top Gun, those scenes, I, I think I agree with you to some extent. It, well, and that might just be a consequence of, like, shooting in the air. Because it's not like, it's not like they're, like, big planes that you can have a smaller plane fly next to and shoot while you're, like, like while they're in the air. It's little tiny super fast planes flying super close to each other and so it's like super hard to shoot that from another plane and get a good angle um, that's why they have the cameras attached to the wings or attached to the cockpit kind of thing but that makes it really difficult to know what the hell is going on because I like I, I, my, my great uncle flew uh, fighter pilot it was a fighter pilot during uh, World War II. And there's this story that goes around my family all the time that is he did not know what the hell he was doing the entire time because he could not see the entire time. Flying those planes is almost impossible to understand what the hell is going on. And I think the editing in this movie reflects that for worse. Because it's like, because it's so tight on the planes themselves, you're like... Well, they could be, like, 50 feet from the ground, or they could be, like, 5,000 feet up in the air. I have no clue what's going on, type thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of agree with you in that sense. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the... Um, what do you think Tarkovsky was going for in terms of his visual style? Because it isn't action, it isn't, like, quick cuts. The cuts are very far from each other. And then how would you, like, compare that to the style, the visual style? Well, it, it, it looks a lot like European movies, like French movies, that are, like, very kind of ethereal. Like, you're kind of floating through an environment. Despite the fact that they didn't have Steadicam, they used, like, a decent amount of, like, uh, dolly shots and whatnot, even in, like, forested areas which is really interesting. And you get really weird angles, and this might just be a, like a consequence of like this being Tarkovsky's first movie, is like, it's amateurish, but in a really interesting way. Like the, the cost, you can tell, was like super low for this movie. Not that it looks cheap, but like there are like four settings total. Um, if it wasn't in black and white, I'm sure some things would look off kind of thing. Um, and like, it's not really a movie you can make in color. No, I don't it's think. not. It's definitely very ethereal, though. I think a lot of the the camera work is like very floaty, and the editing is super min- minimal. Like he, there's some really long shots, like long oh, yeah. takes in this movie. Um, and combined with the sound, where it'll just be like the, a repeat of like a, uh, what would you call? It? Would you call it like a mortar? Yeah, like, a, like an explosion. Like a, or like a flare will just go off like every 10 or 20 seconds. Well, yeah. that over and over again over like one continuous really long shot and it, it really increases the anxiety of the moment you feel. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, the, the flares going off is really interesting because like... Um, it, 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 it 
in this kind of somewhat beautiful environment of either like the swamp near the river or the forest, the flares going off are the only thing that's like, there's a war going on. And it's always kind of in the background. It's going, kind of always this shiny little object floating through the air. It's like, I don't know. It's interesting. I would, I don't know what to do with those flares, but I think that was a really good idea from the director. There, are, there are long parts by itself that you would, you would not know you're watching a war movie. And oh, yeah. and I think something he was going for is the shots are so beautiful and um, unfull. That's not a that's not a word. They're so empty. <laughs> um, they're the it'll just be a few people and it'll be very wide and it'll just be the forest or it'll just be the swamp or whatever. And it kind of shows like the the poetry of war, the beauty of 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 violence almost, and just like how there can be this terrible thing going on, but for a moment, there can be moments where you, where you wouldn't know, you know, and you yeah. can have, there's those escapes from that. It's, it's, I think it's meant to be less like, the, I, I think what you're trying to say is like, less the beauty of war and more like the comparison of beauty to war. Mm-hmm. This is also like, this movie is, I don't know how much... I feel like a lot of it... I could look this up, but I, I feel like a lot of it was done on sets. Definitely a lot of the interior scenes were done on sets. Uh, the forest scenes were not. The uh, swamp scenes were not. Actually, a lot of this was shot, um, as I recall, uh, near uh, Kenev uh, at the Yanapur River. Like, it's, it's near there um, for a lot of the movie. But... I think the serenity of some of the cinematography is less to be like, look how beautiful the world is in comparison to war, and more like, number one, this is still like a somewhat nationalist film. It's like, look at our beautiful country and what the Germans are doing. Right, today. right, exactly. And part of it is also like super surreal, because it's like, war should not, like, war does not make sense. And so, kind of the absurdity of it is, like, look at this awful thing that is happening over on the other side of the river. Meanwhile, on this side of the river, everything's kind of serene, waiting, in kind of a purgatory state. Um, it serves that function, I think. Yeah. But. And there are parts, though, where the environment's completely bare. Yeah. And I think, I think it, you know, where it's, like, buildings that have been destroyed and just empty land and I think um, he was trying to use, he's trying to use the setting to show what the effect of, of war is sort of like that before and that after um, things like that and and Top Gun um, just to shift to music a little bit Top Gun I can say comfortably has the worst music and music placement and music editing any movie I've ever seen in my life. There are sections of Top Gun where it is the same song looping over again for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And it's 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 a hard, it's like impossible to watch. It made yeah. me, I was like losing my mind well, watching it. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. The, the music in Top Gun is... Um... Here we can play it. Why don't we play it? A, a quick snippet for you right now. Um, anyway, so the, the, 
music for Top Gun is from Hans Zimmer, which is like, I don't know. No, no, no. Oh, when I say music, I mean the songs, not oh. the composed music. Oh, the okay. composed music's fine. The uh, you mean like the there's like they'll play like the same song over and over. And oh over. yeah, like the Grace Balls of Fire. Yeah, by Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Um, not yeah. I'm not to be used to the score, which is which is good. Yeah, the, the score is good. The 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 music that they put in the movie and how it's placed is really strange. Well, I don't even know why they picked that song in particular. Like I, I just great. Why great balls of fire? Why that specific song? Yeah. Um, well, I that's what the that's what the planes are. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I also like, just I'm not. A, I think uh, having a ton of music in emotional moments oh is yeah, that make kind sense. of just like instead of letting the audience come to their own response to something, it's like here I'm the filmmaker and I'm gonna make you feel something. I'm gonna try to make you feel a certain way, which I think is is just poor. Yeah. Um, we don't talk about like where it's like the same song just over and over again. I think I do. Um, that said, I was not paying attention to the music during this movie as much as I probably should have. I was more just sitting there with my mouth agape going, what? Why? <laughs> to a lot of the character decisions, but like, God. The acting in Top Gun is so and robotic. Yeah. I, I sort of want to talk about Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise's co-stars. Um, yeah. Tom Cruise can be so good if he's like paired with somebody who's really strong like Risky Business or like which is like amazing shot. what or, or like Eyes Wet Shut yeah um, but like it's just and I and a lot of people love Goose and love their relationship but I found their relationship really cold and sort of like I couldn't feel that chemistry it sort of just felt like they have chemistry you know like that they were just telling us that and they weren't actually like showing it yeah it's that. like there are no scenes of them there's the piano scene of them, like, singing Great Balls of Fire kind of again. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's character development, if you really want to call it that. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I can I can see the, the, the Scientology in this movie, because it's like, Tom Cruise is so robotic the whole time. Yeah. There are no emotions. It's like, why? Because he isn't really even that emotional after his friends died. He's sort of just... He just talks less loudly. He talks less loudly. He's in kind of... And he's the worst pilot. Yeah, and he's like... It's not even that he's the worst pilot. It's that he's like, I'm not going to try anymore. Okay. not really acting. I guess that's an accurate representation of depression. I guess. But like... God. Um... The choices... Also, the character... None of these characters have development. Goose's whole development is he sings great balls of fire, makes jokes, and has a family. <laughs> that's that's all of it. And then, like... This movie I makes, think character development gets mistaken for plot development a lot yeah. in, in Top Gun, where it's like, here's an action in the plot that relates to one of the characters. But there's nothing it's, to build up to that point that and, has any and, impact on the yeah. characters. Yeah, and there's not a lot of emotional development there, where it's not like... It's like, oh, we learn that Goose has a family. 
that isn't really character development. It's sort of just a detail about his life. It's not like learning about like the emotional background of something or the well, emotional growth of if, something. If it was like him, like, again, Billy Wilder's role. Set up everything in the first act, and your third act will pay off. The family doesn't come in until halfway through the second act. So if they wanted us to care about the family, should have introduced them earlier. Um, Like, uh, there's... God. God. Um, It's like, if he... If they had, like, had him spend time with his children in an interesting way, like, Goose being, like, telling his kid not to, like, do something risky, uh, and then Goose dies because... Of his partner doing something risky and him doing something risky, that would be interesting. But that did not happen. Yeah, um. that's the thing about Top Gun. There are some areas where it's very close to being, or it can be a good movie. Like if if Goose dies and it turns into this very like like uh, a a commentary on just sort of the ridiculous nature of of war, and yeah. then well, you know what movie I think that Top Gun could be like if it was smart what? is. Uh, Team America World Police. Have you seen that movie? I'm not. Please enlighten me. It's Team America World Police is basically it's this animated movie, and it's kind of just I don't think it's it's not the oh is it the puppet movie America (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it basically just kind of shits on how ridiculous the war is because they're just like riding through the desert blowing stuff up all this kind of stuff yeah and because it's self aware obviously it's a joke. Top Gun doesn't have any level of self-awareness. No. So it, it can't really bring itself to... Like, I think you need to... A movie needs to be self-aware for it to be, like, impactful because it needs to be able to make that connection, you know, to the subtext, and Top Gun just doesn't do that. Like, Well, I feel like if Top, Top Gun could very much be, like, a all-quiet-on-the-western-front kind of thing where the person's going into this, like, oorah, let's go, this is really interesting, and I love America, I love a war... Ah, and then it ends up being like, oh shit, my my friend died. Maybe this, and, and the U.S. government is kind of being shit to my friend's family after he died. Um, and also, my dad was killed, and they didn't disclose that he did the right thing, which is kind of fucked up. Maybe I shouldn't be so hoorah, right? Yeah. Like that would be. That's the thing about Top Gun. So Tom Cruise's dad dies in the war. No, we don't say this. It's all off screen. That's all the stuff they tell us, and. The military sort of sold it as, oh, Tom Cruise's dad was, like, risky and did the wrong thing. And Tom Cruise is, like, suspicious of that. And then one of the officers where Tom Cruise is training is, like, yeah, I was there. I was there, like, on the field with your dad. And he actually died because he was saving other people. Um, Like, and that's why he didn't, like, eject his parachute, which would have led him to survive. And the military just didn't want anybody to know that. And instead of Tom Cruise being like, oh, that's really messed up. They didn't tell me that my dad died actually because he's being a hero. He's like, oh, they, didn't even, they don't even acknowledge it. And then he just goes out and... Well, yeah, he's just kind of unquestioningly like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. that makes sense. America, could, good. Yeah, Let me like, go be good for America again. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, but how do you feel about the music in Ivan's Childhood? Music in Ivan's Childhood, it's very limited. Um, and, again, it's... Uh, speaking from a music perspective, it's very, like... 
it's a lot of ballads and it's a lot of repeated notes and it's a lot of sustained chords and it really reflects kind of the purgatory state that the characters find themselves in on the one side of the river for the entire movie. It's just them sitting and waiting and the music is kind of the music is just sitting there and waiting. Also I think music is an interesting point in Ivan's childhood because they have the phonograph, right? The like record player that like we only hear once and it's like it's on and then the guy's like turn that off and it's like that's interesting. I don't, uh, like, it's like he doesn't want to be reminded of, like, and I think it's like playing some, like, somewhat nationalist song, as I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, it's like, I don't want to hear that right now. A friend of mine just died. And also, I don't want to be reminded of home with that. So it's... I think it could be, like, I don't want to be reminded of that I'm basically out here to serve this, this, this like country that you know, might, not, might not necessarily not believe in I don't know yeah. or the fact that yeah that his friend just died and, and you know might run to home I don't know um Ivan's childhood also plays a lot with like the first person perspective vibe in and it's really tries to get you in his head which I think is a change from Top Gun where they don't really invite you into the character's perspective. It's completely exposition, it's completely just plot, like one thing happens, another thing happens. Yeah. There's not a lot of emotional, like, trying to get into the perspective of the character. Well, there's the dream sequences with Ivan where you get to see his mom in the well. Yeah, it's really sad. Like it's super depressing. Uh, Ivan's Childhood is probably the one of the most depressing movies. That's I fair. I mean... Yeah. If we had watched Come and See, we could have said the same thing. It's just, oh, it's brutal. Um, but there's the scene with Ivan in the bunker um, with the knife, and he's just kind of messing around the whole time. And it's it's really like, that scene does a lot to say, like, this really is just a kid. Like, he's just, he's just playing cops and robbers, for lack of a better term. He's sitting here with his knife, playing around, cutting a piece of paper or whatever, right? And, I don't know, it's, it does a lot to humanize him, which, when compared to Top Gun, it's like, Ivan and Maverick are somewhat analogs, like, you don't get to see, like, despite the fact that, like, Maverick is very much treating this like a game, you don't get to see him take it seriously, which would be an interesting perspective. And you also don't get to see him, like, really, really say, yeah, this is just a game to me. Um, it's like, borderline serious, but not. There's yeah. so much potential, but it just doesn't do it. Well, he doesn't really... And honestly, I think this, this actually makes his character a little more interesting. Maverick, I'm talking about. He doesn't really care about... This isn't like he really cares about, like, oh, I'm helping my country. I'm protecting people's lives. It seems like he cares about being a badass pilot. Yeah. Which is sort of more interesting, but also sort of less interesting in a way. It's it's. Well, it's very... It's kind of a weird choice. It's very American, isn't it? Because Americans don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. Uh, like, we're very independent. We're very much like... Get your hands off my guns type society. Right? Like, don't tell me what to do, government. Uh, and so that has a lot of issues when you're making a military movie. Because it's like... Americans don't like it when they're told what to do. 
this movie is telling them to join the Navy, but they don't like being told what to do. So you get main characters in a lot of American media, especially military and, like, propaganda, um, where it's like, this guy doesn't follow the U.S. Justice Department's rules. It still works Um, out. But it still works out. Like, he's still the hero in the end. Yeah. And it's like, it's very vigilante, it's very Western, it's very superhero kind of thing. And, uh, like, it's... It's also like, I mean, like, what everyone should remember when this is happening is like, for those of you who have seen Taxi Driver, Taxi Driver is John Wayne's characters in all of those movies if he was around today, kind of thing. Like, this is super heavily romanticized to the point where everything works out in the end, even though if, like, Maverick was actually doing this shit, it would be, like, terrifying. We would be like, there's a rogue pilot doing bad things that are endangering the country and could lead to, like, this is a Russia analog, could lead to nuclear war. This is made in the 80s. That was still a possibility, right? Um, so it's, like, it's a fun line to thread when it's, like, I don't want the government telling me what to do, but also I'm going to support the U.S. military completely. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's and, and in propaganda though, which is a... The separation that I think happens sometimes is the rogue cops sort of... It, they don't always make the police look good. At the end, a lot of times, it's like... Like in like in Dirty Harry... It's a good example. So in Dirty Harry, he, he basically has to go rogue to solve the crime because the system won't let him do it like within the boundaries of police work. Which kind of makes you think, oh, the cops aren't that effective. They're not that good of an organization, necessarily. Or like in Training Day or something. You, it's about how corrupt the police are, and stuff like that. In in a lot in military movies, it's not like, oh, he needs to go outside the bounds of the military because the military is a really shitty organization. No, it's he it, needs to go out of the bounds of the military to fulfill his fucked up ego. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Cruise also is, is just a, such a toxically masculine character. He's such a little mighty mite, too. Like, I think about, like, what is he, like, 5'1 or 2? He's yeah. tiny. That man is way too angry and aggressive. I guess that makes sense. He's had all of his anger compressed. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, wow. Um, so I, th- I think we um, I think this is a good done. To, That's yeah, a good place to call up. it. Uh, our next episode will be in a few weeks. We're working on the details of it. Um, and yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys again soon.